Hi, and welcome to Zed Games. Recorded live at 4 Triple Z Studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network, Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews, and interviews from across Australia and around the world. Welcome once again to another outrageous episode of Zed Games, your favourite and our favourite gaming radio program, coming to you live from the 4ZZZ studios in Brisbane and heard around the nation on the community radio network. I am Lee, and joining me for this episode, Mr. Razor. Hello. Ms. Candy Payne. Hi. And Jody McGregor. Hello. What are we talking about in this episode, Ray? Lee, you have been playing the meditative labyrinth game Expand. Yes. So you explore some sort of circular labyrinth? Yes, you are doing a very good job of reading your notes. I am. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Jody, you have been playing Minecraft Story Mode Episode 1. Yeah, that's right. It's Minecraft if it was one of Telltale's adventure games where you make moral choices and choose dialogue and then occasionally build a thing. Cool. So it's like an add-on for the Minecraft base game? No, it's a completely separate uh, game and experience that you get on Steam. Cool. So, <laughs> Way to muddy the waters there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You don't need Minecraft to play this, is what I'm saying. Awesome. But before we get into that, let's get into the Week in Gaming News headlines with Miss Candy Payne. Sure. A report by the Wall Street Journal has suggested that Nintendo's next console, currently codenamed NX, could be a hybrid home and mobile unit. This would be similar to the current setup of the Wii U that has a tablet-like controller, but the smaller device could function independently, allowing mobile play. Nothing is concrete at this stage as Nintendo are notoriously secretive about upcoming projects, but we've been promised that all will be revealed sometime in 2016. What do you think it's actually going to be called? Yeah, like... Number two, I don't know. <laughs> NX isn't yeah. going to last. No. Could this finally be the release of Nintendo's Dolphin? Yes. I knew you were going to say the Dolphin Man. Well, eventually they're going to do it. No. They're going to do it. Of all the, the lame names. Yeah, Dolphin's worse than NX. <laughs> yeah. You're worse than NX. Oh, yeah, no need burn, to take it dude. personally, Oof. dude. Oof. <laughs> wow. Sony has announced that the 500 gig PlayStation 4 will receive an official price cut in Australia. The new price is now $479.95, which is a total cut of $70. Woohoo. <laughs> so they've introduced that because the new one terabyte PlayStation has come out. One terabyte play PlayStation, codenamed Dolphin. <laughs> Not codenamed Dolphin. Play Dolphin. No, <laughs> stop. No. Do we know how much that's out? For? No. Money. Money. Yeah. Something the, more than 479. The one terabyte, it's, it's 549. Oh. Hmm. There you go. Metal Gear Solid 5 company, Konami, has denied reports that series director Hideo Kojima has left the company. A source told The New Yorker that Kojima had left the company earlier this month following an allegedly troubled development cycle. Konami made a statement saying that Kojima was simply on a vacation. With Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to wheel out his corpse in a wig at yeah. some point. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. You know that scene in Home Alone where Kevin's at home and he's being staked out by the robbers? Yeah. And he's got all those life-size cutouts yeah. and he's manipulating them with strings. <laughs> he's yeah. got the music up. Yeah. That's kind of what Konami are doing right now. That's it. Yeah, for the whole studio right now. It's like, we're still making games. <laughs> we're going to make another Metal Gear and another Castlevania. It's great. Wave, wave, Kideo. <laughs> wave, Kojima-san. 
And a new world record has been set for speed running the original Super Mario Bros game. 66 milliseconds was shaved off the previous record, setting a new fastest time of 4 minutes, 57 seconds and 627 milliseconds. The new champion, known as Darbian, said that he believed that the game could be completed even faster still and went on to list several things that he could improve on. What? Uh, crazy. Yeah, how do you beat four minutes, 57 seconds for Super well, Mario Bros? you Brothers? shave off another 66 milliseconds, obviously. Mm, yeah, so <laughs> Can't we all just agree that it takes around five minutes to beat it? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> just round up, man. Close enough, right? Does it matter? It takes no. about five minutes to beat Roughly. it if you're trying. And 627 milliseconds. How much are you enjoying it if you finish it in less than five minutes? You should be savoring it. Yeah. <laughs> Chew before you swallow. <laughs> <laughs> That's no way to win a record yeah like that's a hundred hour game if you make it last (laughs) (laughs) and uh, just before we go it's a special milestone for the Nintendo Entertainment System this week Uh, 30 years old Ah. in America Yeah, mm. it, it's younger than everyone in this room still, unfortunately. Oh, thanks a lot, man. <laughs> Jesus, way to give that up. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but there was a, uh, a recent um, uh, speech on the, the development of the NES for the Western market, which mm. I thought was pretty interesting. They were talking about the fact that because of the crash of the games industry through Atari that were kind of cagey about saying hey we're bringing out another video game console so they fashioned the device to resemble a VCR with the like front loading flap awesome Um, and that's why it's also called the Nintendo Entertainment System because they were trying to push it as just being this new form of living room entertainment and the reason that it came with the the Nintendo Zapper gun because Americans liked guns (laughs) Good to see so much has changed in 30 years (laughs) That is it for this week in gaming news headlines You're listening to Zed Games Lee, you've been playing Expand I have, I've been playing Expand How did you describe it earlier from your your notes, Ray? A meditative labyrinth game That was not as good Mm, Uh, (laughs) Circular (laughs) Good work Game What is it? (laughs) It is a meditative puzzle-solving game set Mm. in a circular labyrinth that shifts and changes around you as you travel through it. I mean, Razor was close. It was practically I got the words. They're just in the wrong order. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't a real sentence. Yeah. (laughs) Lacking in nuance or flavor. But, you know, you hit the main ones. Uh, So this is a game that really wants you to immerse yourself in the experience of playing it. And the first thing that pops up when you load it up is that it says this game is best played with headphones yep. and with a controller. So it really wants you to just like close out the world and sit there moving your box through these these mazes. Uh, and it is quite a it's a striking game. Uh, you are just a little pink box but you're moving through these monochrome mazes that are constantly morphing around you. Uh, and that is a fun thing to watch. They shift and shimmer like oil in water. You know, there's a lot of like bits just joining in together and other things moving. The sense of movement as the as you're traveling through the maze, I think, is one of the things that makes it uh, compelling to play. Do you see this from above? Yes, you are watching the whole thing from above. It is just a flat uh, overhead view of mm. your your square in this this. Uh, flat maze that morphs and changes um, and 
the movements are going to be you know in time with the music the music is very zen like and layered and and is you know it's quite an uh, it's it's a an audible experience it is it's very pleasant to play um but sometimes the action tends to be working at odds with the uh, the zen mood that the uh the music is kind of placing you in as you travel through you're going to be trying to unlock keys to continue the game and to do that you eventually get to stages where the labyrinth kind of turns into a boss encounter and so mm. you're not only just moving through this this maze that's that's shimmering and shifting around you you're also going to have to be dealing with chunks of the maze that are red that will kill you and send you back to a, a checkpoint and these parts while they add an extra level of challenge and while they're initially really interesting and you know they up the stakes they tend to go on a bit mm. you know did they harsh your vibe they totally harshed my vibe yeah in fact that's probably my major criticism of the game is that uh you do a number of these and then you kind of hit a point where you're just like the, the mazes become very very hostile and the music is still you know cool and zen and i just went you know what i'm not i'm nowhere near high enough to be able to persevere through this this boss labyrinth encounter like you you mean high on the joy of living that's what i'm talking about yes yes, yes. i i would never say that a person should perhaps alter their uh consciousness <laughs> their consciousness uh, in order to best enjoy this game, but you know, if a person did do that, boy, would they love expand <laughs> even more than I did. So, does the maze shift in predictable ways? Like, if I move here, then this wall will move here. Is that how you're navigating it, or is it random and unpredictable? Is uh, it like Monument Valley, or is it not? <laughs> <laughs> no, you you get a sense. The, the the maze will kind of flow around you and you'll see the new maze and then you'll you'll see the way that it's kind of shifting in a predictable pattern it moves like like very pleasant clockwork i guess okay so, so it's timing then it is a lot of timing um and you you know when you get frustrated with a piece then you sort of have to sit back and get a sense of how you're meant to be moving through there uh and for the most part you you your sense of you, you you will flow through the game quite well. Uh, it's only when there are these sudden difficulty spikes, and they're not even necessarily difficulty spikes. It's more that they're just a point where the game maintains a level of aggression towards you that it doesn't seem to then be rewarding, uh, where suddenly you have to be paying way, way too much attention to be able to suddenly to progress. Mm. Uh, okay. Not to take this uh, subject back to getting high, <laughs> but do you think it's the dopamine release that's inherent with rewards and games? It doesn't provide you with that. You sort of you got this obstacle, you get around it, and then all of a sudden you pass the obstacle, but you're not rewarded tangibly, so you don't get that little ping like, "Hey, I did something." Yeah, like maybe it's just the the stripped back nature of it. It is uh, is a very clean game that is just it is what it is, uh, and it is. Um, it is initially quite attractive and it is a great thing to sit down and experience for the first time but I really did hit a point where I you know just kept crashing into the same red wall and I figured like what else is it going to show me beyond a more 
you know, variation in the way that these black and white walls are going to move around. Uh, I I was disappointed in myself for for scrubbing out at that point, but also, eh. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't look how I was picturing. I've just had a look at some photos. So these kind of circles of mazes are yep. they spinning is that how they're actually moving and you're navigating as they're spinning and opening up different pathways yeah bits of it are shifting look uh this is no use to our audience at all but no, uh, i'm just curious i can show you oh uh, <laughs> this bit's useless this is this is how it, it looks it does look like the insides yeah. of a clock in the way that that's gears are spinning gears, around exactly while you're it. trying to navigate them. But yeah, then and cogs, cogs yes. will interlace and suddenly appear out of nowhere. Yeah, it has sort Excellent. of a kaleidoscope effect a lot yeah. of the time as well yeah. as bits sort of move and morph in, into one another. It is it's a very attractive thing to look at. Uh, and if it were just like looking at these animated GIFs of the maze, that's great. That's fantastic. Uh, playing it, though, the the tension of having to navigate those spaces as a tiny cube that sometimes just gets caught on a corner as you're having to navigate through the, the teeth of these cogs, it is nowhere near the Zen experience that you would expect it to be. Mm. You keep saying Zen. What's yeah. the music like that makes you want it to be zen it's uh just you know these pleasant beats pulses it's mm. yeah it's, it's it's a nice soundtrack that's mm. timed to to suit the movement that's happening on screen mm. uh it is it is a really good thing to immerse yourself in um up until the point that it starts to get frustrating it, it seems like it's at odds with the rest of the experience and there are a lot of games a lot of puzzle games that do tend to do that mm -hmm. um what have we got uh dust force was a good one which mm. was an incredibly tense game that had just wonderful sounding uh, soundtrack um there, there have been heaps ollie ollie as well ollie ollie is another great one but for some reason i i can't get past that discrepancy here whereas with those other ones I was able to say, well, the music is there to make the puzzles less frustrating. But here it seems like I want to experience that music and I want that basic movement through these these spaces. But I, I hate, hate, hate mm. just how protracted some of these experiences get. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, I mentioned Monument Valley before, and though it is a very different looking game, it does seem like a... A similar experience, but Monument Valley is very short, mm. and just at the point where you've had enough, it finishes. Yeah. And uh, some people complained about that, but I was really satisfied by it that it didn't uh, overstay its welcome. That was one of the things, actually, that I like about Monument Valley. And yeah, it, it's very bite-sized. Whereas the other thing with this is that uh, each maze sort of flows into the next one, mm. and they just as you th there are there's a central hub where you go off looking mm. for things and it does a very good job of disguising the fact that that's actually a central hub and it was only later on that i realized that i'm actually specifically exploring this this expandable um labyrinth that plugs into other elements of of the labyrinth it's very clever in the way that it, it builds on itself mm. but also the further you get into it the the tenser the experience gets and so the more you play the game the more discouraging it, it tends to get. The, it doesn't really give you any kind of lull to just take take your time and, mm. and, and deal with with that that tension. You want that sense of release, and there's none here, unfortunately. So you should definitely smoke a doobie. Absolutely, yes. 
Yeah. I'm not sure whether that's what the developer has in mind, and it's not really something that I, as a square, can really speak to. And it's nothing that we would ever condone here on Z Games. Or not at all. Z. No, no. But I imagine that a person who was high out of their minds would really, really enjoy sitting down to play this game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very good. Thank you very much for that review, <laughs> Lee, of Expand. That's a PC game, right? Yes, it is. It's available on Steam as of this moment. Welcome back, fabulous Z Games listeners. Jody, you have been playing Minecraft something. What was the Story rest of it? mode. Story mode. Episode one. Episode one, as we've established, has nothing to do with Minecraft, nor do you need Minecraft to play it. It has something to do it with Minecraft. It was something to do with Minecraft, mm. yeah, but it's But a it's not an expansion. Entity. It's an entirely yes. separate experience. There so you this go. is going to take some explaining. Uh, it's the latest of Telltale's episodic modern adventure games. They've done them for The Walking Dead and for Fables and for Borderlands and Game of Thrones, and now they've started doing one for Minecraft. Uh, they're interactive stories that go f every episode is two or three hours, and then you wait a couple of months for the next episode to come along, and in that story you get to choose the character's dialogue, make decisions about what they do and where they go, and then some action will break out, and you mash some buttons to survive a quick-time event, and you solve a couple of rudimentary puzzles. And they're always well-written. Uh, they're often really bleak, although this one, uh, in a first for them, is not bleak at all. And, uh, and they're just really breezy, fun experiences. This one being set in the Minecraft universe is... Well, I mean, Minecraft is the game that every 10-year-old plays, right? It's mm. very much... It's, it's a bit different from Game of Thrones, which is the other game there <laughs> that they're releasing episode by episode at the moment. It's at the other end of the, the spectrum. <laughs> so in Minecraft story mode, you are a character inside a Minecraft overworld who does all of the things that you do in Minecraft, punch trees to collect wood and mine to collect stone and build things. You live in a treehouse that you've built and all of your little friends build weird giant things with you just like you would if you were playing Minecraft on a multiplayer server mm -hmm. with all of your pals. But the game doesn't focus on that. Instead, there's a narrative where the main characters are a team of builders who compete at a, a thing called Endercon which is where all of the people who live in this Minecraft overworld get together and build huge, crazy things to show off to each other. Right. Mm. And you have to make your way there, and then you get caught up in a, in a much bigger storyline. There's See, Minecraft, the, real, the original Minecraft, doesn't have a story at all. No. You're just collecting things and surviving. It's a mm. pure survival game with building stuff tacked onto it. Uh, but you can unlock like an, a final boss there's a thing called the ender dragon that you can if you're insane and dedicated get to by doing the right things in Minecraft you can travel to another dimension and slay a dragon it's the closest thing to a story that Minecraft has but then at the end of that there's also this amazing like cutscene thing that blows the minds of everyone who actually does kill that dragon boss so there is a hidden story yeah yeah Minecraft hides its story yeah Minecraft story mode has that as a thing that's already happened in the distant well several years in the past four heroes slew the ender dragon and you're all living in the aftermath ah. of that like the heroes did their cool stuff before you when you just chill in your treehouse building things mm. uh, and that's all narrated in an opening sequence voiced by Billy West good uh, who does it in this old man voice that makes him it's kind of like the voice he uses for uh Professor Farnsworth in, <laughs> in Futurama. Nice. Uh, the voice cast 
for Minecraft story mode is really good, by the way. Mm. Like, uh, you choose whether to play as a man or a woman, um, and the guy is voiced by Patton Oswalt, the comedian who also voiced Remy the Rat in Ratatouille. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. The woman is Catherine Tabor, who you might know from the Star Wars cartoons and video mm-hmm. games. Has uh, Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, <laughs> is in this. What? Um, a later episode will have Corey Feldman in it. No. He's being teased as coming up. Uh, Get Brian out. Brian Posehn, the stand-up comedian, is also in it. There's a lot of recognizable voices. Oh. That's where that Minecraft money comes into play, yeah. right? Well, Telltale have been getting some pretty good voice actors mm. for their games, and you'll recognize voices in this from previous games of theirs, but then also, like, here's someone from Goonies and here's people from Futurama, <laughs> uh, which is great. I-, I should mention that it looks like Minecraft still. Mm. Like everyone is made of cubes and everything is made of cubes and the people have a big cube for a head and little cubes for hands and the trees are a pile of small brown cubes on top of each other. But with slightly more animation so that the way they actually have vague lip syncing, their faces flash around and uh, the animations are very cute. Like you have a pet pig Good. And your pig is adorable. It's ridiculous how cute they have managed to make a pig that's like six squares and a tail. That's a big <laughs> pig. Six, well, I assume. Well, it needs squares. legs. That's four squares right there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's. I okay. don't know how many Cubes squares. Cubes of unequal size, you mean? Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so there's a lot of character packed into something that ordinarily doesn't really have very much character. I'm not a fan of Minecraft, I find it sort of fun for the first half hour. You don't like you Minecraft? Just, then I just get pretty bored. I'm not into building stuff. I just I just like destroying things. <laughs> I like mm. knocking them down, not building them. So. You're the dude on the servers, aren't you? Oh, man. The trash is everyone's stuff. That's you. No, you're, you're I'm the not man who wants to watch the world burn. <laughs> well, I would, but it's not very satisfying to watch Minecraft <laughs> worlds burn because there's no physics, right? Things don't fall over in yeah. Minecraft. But you punch the out the bottom of a tree are... and the tree doesn't even fall yeah, over. But the that's children who built the things are crying and you know that. That's, that's why you laugh. That's not what I enjoy. I'm not a griefer. I just, oh. I'm a fraggle. I just like to find what the doozers make and knock it over <laughs> so that I can enjoy watching it fall over. I don't care about the tears of the doozers. Dozers? Dozers. The little green dudes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had an analogy there. It was pretty good, actually. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that analogy worked from start to finish. Oh, it was that just that, like, priceless. two and a half people in this room also got it. <laughs> good. <laughs> so, what was I saying? Minecraft story <laughs> mode. Right. So, there are no fraggles in this. Though. There are no fraggles in this. There are a lot of little references that are very cute to things from Minecraft that people who are more into Minecraft than me will enjoy. But I still thought we're actually pretty cool. It does a good job of introducing you and easing you into this very strange world and then also making fun of how strange a world it is. It's a place where every night zombies and skeletons and giant spiders just appear and menace everyone. And then by day, they just knock about having fun punching trees and shearing sheep. It's like... (laughs) It's a game for kids that combines, like, Lego building with zombie slaughtering. Mm. And the game bounces between those two tones with a real, like, knockabout, family-friendly tone that's uh, really charming and sweet. It's like 
Imagine there's an alternate reality where Pixar got the rights to Minecraft and made a movie about it. Right. And like, and it was rad. Mm. And you thought, wouldn't it be great if Minecraft, the video game, was as good as this mm. movie? We live in that alternate reality where they made the video game about the movie that Pixar made about Minecraft. I'm a little bit confused about what you <laughs> just said. Because we live in a world like there was a Lego movie, which is essentially yes. that. Yeah. And that yes. is, I think, part of what caused this deal to happen, right? Maybe. Yeah. It might have inspired them a little bit. There's a Minecraft movie coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are also Minecraft novels that are bestsellers. No yeah. yeah. There are multiple yes. series of Minecraft novels aimed at the kids who are 10 years old and love everything about Minecraft and who buy all of the toys and lap up all of the merchandise. And that is the core audience for mm. this game, not the adults who are still into Minecraft, but the kids. It's okay. very family-friendly. So you don't have to chop someone's leg off with an axe to get them out of a bear trap in this game? Mm. No. No, you okay. do not. It's... Uh, it's <laughs> It's it's all very charming I and childlike. That's a Minecraft <laughs> reference. <laughs> no, that's uh, what happens in one of their Walking Dead. Yeah, games. Walking Dead. Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, this is totally unlike. I was saying about Tales from the Borderlands when we talked about it a while back that it was the first straight-up comedy that Telltale have made, and so it felt very different to everything they've mm. done before. But even so, it's a black comedy. It's still very dark, uh, like Game of Thrones, like The Wolf Among Us, like Walking Dead. But this is not dark at all. It's completely uh, Disney and safe and you would let any child play it. So if you think this is aimed at children mm -hmm. do you still get not judged um, wrong word but your choices at the end shown, shared with the community you do but stacked up against others rather than making the kind of harsh moral choices about whether or not you chop off someone's leg <laughs> you're making I did. Uh, much more, <laughs> Sorry, much more uh, simple and less moral choices. You're deciding what do you build to enter into this oh. convention. You're deciding, like, uh, if someone, if, if your pet pig runs off into the woods, do you, like, get your friends before you go and save the pig or do you just run after the pig? There's no choice there to just abandon the pig and let zombies eat it. All of the, oh. all of the choices that you make are ultimately going to lead to pretty safe things. It's not... It's more about having the freedom to tweak how the story turns out rather than make the story into some dark and awful thing where you just play as a total bastard because you your version of the character would break people's arms to get information out of them or whatever. I want there to be an adult version where that is an option. <laughs> I just think that would be a way of selling it to adults so that, mm. Razor, you don't get bored. Well, no, you know? just play The Walking Dead Season 2, man. It is really oh, intense mm. brutal it's crazy is there any point in this game where it says your pet pig will remember that yes okay good does it really <laughs> yeah and it even has like little jokes about like if you do something really lame no one's going to remember that yeah. <laughs> the pet pig remembers that you ran after your friend's pig before your own <laughs> he remembers mm -hmm. jody you have been playing minecraft story mode Give us your thoughts. Is there crafting? Yes. Craft and there mine? There is crafting, and you also mine. The mining, fortunately, isn't as tedious as it is in Minecraft, where you just have to click on rocks for hours until you've got more rocks and you make up more out of them. Uh, in this, you just like hold down Q <laughs> and watch a cute little montage as your characters move around hyper fast, like they've been animated out of clay or something, and do all the mining for you. Mm -hmm. Like it little does lemmings. Have 
Yeah, a bit like that. Uh, and the same when they're shearing sheep and punching trees to get wood and the other silly things that you do in <laughs> Minecraft and cute music plays while that happens. Uh, and yes, there is crafting, uh, and there are also puzzles. The two are tied together. It has a few of the sort of classic adventure game type puzzles. At one point, there's a bouncer you have to get past by making a distraction out of a bizarre combination of the objects that happen to be nearby, mm -hmm. which is like a classic, like every adventure game That's from the 90, 90s has one of those. There's always some security guard who's like, I won't let you pass unless you somehow distract me by creating something I'm afraid of. Now I shall list my phobias for you. There's always that guy. Yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you get into clubs? Man? Yeah, <laughs> obviously the same way. Yeah. Uh, but also it involves crafting because you have an inventory of mm -hmm. items and just like in Minecraft, you find a crafting table and you lay your stuff down in the right order. If you have a stick and then you put two pieces of stone on top of that, it boom, transforms into a sword and then you have a sword in your inventory that you can go around and use on things. So there are a couple of points in this where you, there are multiple solutions to puzzles because you can craft different things yeah. and then approach that puzzle in different ways. Again, you're not making the kind of decisions where you're like, am I a nice person or an evil person? You're making much more, uh, I don't know, they're the kind of decisions that say something about your personality, whether you solve a puzzle by defusing a trap with a bow and arrow or a fishing rod. Mm. It's, it's not the same thing, but it still says something about you and I appreciate that that it's not judging you by that sort of light side or dark side kind of stuff, but it is still remembering what you do and how you play. Hmm. Uh, do the choices you've made, do you, are you intrigued by the way that those will come back to haunt you or I guess just... Not know. even haunt, just Not give even. you basic stats later on. I, I'm intrigued by the consequences of them because this first episode ends with a surprisingly significant one. I don't want to spoil it, but it is the kind of decision that will drastically alter what happens in mm. the next episode, which mm. is the kind of thing that you don't get very often at the start of mm. these games. They tend to save their big stuff for the end because, uh, like with the Game of Thrones game, you know that if they're going to kill off one of several main characters and you get to choose who it is, then that's a lot of voice acting <laughs> they're going to have to pay for that only 33% of the audience ever sees. So they, they save that stuff for the final episodes. Mm -hmm. And they're doing something that's not that, but of a similar uh, import and consequence right at the end of the first episode. So I am that's a good way to create a cliffhanger in a game where they can't just go around arbitrarily killing off characters mm -hmm. like they do in most of their other games. Mm -hmm. I find this game really interesting and like interesting to a point that I think I want to pick it up and play it because I don't know why. The more you've been talking about it, I just kind of want to see how it plays out. I want to see what it looks like. I want to see the damn pig. <laughs> I don't know, even though I'm pig. not getting any interesting facts like you and 16% of other people chopped off his leg. You know, I'm still... I don't know what it is about this. The more you talk, I'm actually leaning towards thinking I would really like it and want to play. It is intriguing and I do think it will appeal to people who aren't particularly into Minecraft as well as the kids who love it. Mm. Maybe not the adults who are super into Minecraft uh, because they're probably not going to want something that puts a story in their damn game, but for everyone else. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. So more appealing to people that don't know so much about Minecraft like me. Yeah, I think so. Cool. So you've been talking about Minecraft story mode, the first episode of which is out now. Now, Jody. um, I own Minecraft, 
when can I expect the free story mode to be delivered to my computer? <laughs> Never. <laughs> oh. This uh, is something that you pick up, uh, whether it's for PC or mobile or Xbox 360 or Xbox One or PS3 or PS4 or Vita or... What did I forget? Wii U. It's on so Wii U as well. almost all of them. Yeah, it's on like everything but the 3DS, I think. Uh, and you will have to pick it up from whatever digital store place that device of yours has. Great. Thank you very much, mm. Jody. So a uh, couple of games that we want to uh, tell you guys all about. They've been produced right here in Brisbane. Uh, the first one being Ninja Pizza Girl. Yes. Lee, you've been... We've all been playing it, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Ninja Pizza Girl... Actually, that was a Noosa game. Sorry, I meant to... We, yeah. we have co-opted them. Noosa... It's like how Russell Crowe is really an Australian whenever he does something good. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. So as long as Disparity Games keep making games like this, we will be happy to bring them into the fold. But as soon as they disappoint us, you know, they're, from, they're, they're clearly from Noosa. Uh, Ninja Pizza Girl is a... It, it's a... A speedy platformer in the vein of the classic Sonic games, really, um, that uh, has you playing as a young girl who is delivering pizzas in the future whilst racing the clock uh, and also dealing with personal issues like that of depression and and anxiety and mental illness and Mm. loneliness. It is an odd combination that works surprisingly well, sort of like pineapple and pizza. I'm mature enough now to accept that pineapple is a fine, mm. fine <laughs> topping for pizza. Yes, yes, it is. I'm not yeah. there yet. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it's true that you're not mature enough yet, Candy, but one day we'll see. Uh, but Ninja Pizza Girl yeah, is, right. is a, it's a real little gem. Uh, it is occasionally an incredibly difficult um, platformer as well that will grade you harshly for making mistakes. But then at the same time, it has this story that plays out between missions uh, about this young girl dealing with bullying. And that is a mechanic that plays into the game as well. So your enemies are uh, just bullies from a rival and a a, a trendier pizza company that insult you and push you down and, and slow you down. Yeah, they're not out to kill you. They're just out to make you feel bad. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is a, a very lovely game. Mm. Uh, we've spoken about it on the show before. We've had some of the developers on, uh, and it is a fine thing for all people to go and check out. Uh, so the other thing that we wanted to talk about is Assault Android Cactus has finally been released after years of, of hard labor. And uh, the thing that interests me most is the fact that Jody and Razor, as soon as this game came out, got really, really competitive about it. Jody, how did this happen? Because you don't care well, about scores. No, I think that high score tables are silly, macho nonsense, and the people who care about them are bores. But Assault Android Cactus is uh, the kind of arcade game where you can replay a level a bunch of times and not get bored of it and just find yourself naturally getting better and better at it. And then you see that... Uh, on each of the levels, there's a high score chart that just defaults to listing only you and your friends rather than the crazies of the internet and the people who designed the game who all have like scores of a million on every level. It's just like, here's you and your two friends who own this game, and your score is slightly lower than theirs. <laughs> and that's a pretty good motivation. That so nice of you to say it that way. To maybe try to get slightly better and then... 
slightly better and slightly better until I knocked Ray off all of the first two levels of the game. Briefly. (laughs) How I saw that same scenario, okay? I played the game after you. I saw all of your scores and I thought, you know what? I can do better than that. I'm going to go ahead and just beat every one of Jody's scores. (laughs) And he probably won't care because he's the sort that doesn't care about these sort of petty things. And so I went through, just beat every one of his scores. You jerk. Gave it a couple of days and came back, and I saw that he had replayed the levels in what I imagined was a deliberate attempt to beat my scores. This This outraged me. I became furious. (laughs) And with renewed vigor, I went back and beat his scores again. Well, most of them. Mm-hmm. You did good in that one level. Yeah, there's one uh, level I got a, a, an S plus, a super plus, the highest ranking you can get somehow by some crazy fluke. And you will great. never, ever knock me off that one. It's like uh, I'll have tennis. that to my grave. I will take that with me. That one S plus. So yeah. who has the most points now? Uh, I think we're sort of neck and neck. Where rubbish, you're being nice. Who's actually in lead? <laughs> you know, we'll have to verify that because yeah. I didn't check. But I'm we, we've we've been knocking each other off back and forth, and then I think th- over the last week, both of us have drifted away and started playing other new games. But I've left it installed in my Steam library so that as soon as I finish playing Minecraft Story Mode and Life is Strange and Tales from the Borderlands, I'm going to go back and knock you off a few more levels. <laughs> <laughs> but most importantly, uh, we're both beating Lee. Well, see, here's the thing. Like, oh, I've yeah, been, here we go. <laughs> I've just been like uh-huh. banging my head against the last boss because it is a, just a fiend of a thing. Yeah. Um, but what has been fun is just watching you guys go back and forth. Because, like, I've just, I, every time I log in, I see that the scores have flipped around again, and I know that someone's gotten angry. Uh, it's been, this is a whole new ty- new way of enjoying this game for me, because I've played through all these levels before, like, you know, when it was in early access, I, you know, I know what's going on mm. there, it's great. Um, but yeah, I don't even want to get involved, because it's way too much fun just watching this battle between these two insane idiots, okay. and I hope it never stops. And another way to view that, Lee, would be just to simply say... You can't compete. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't really want to. You choose not to race, eh? Exactly. I choose not to race. (laughs) This is great. But it's fine. Like, I mean, I beat all of those bosses well before you ever did. Mm. So um, I feel like there's nothing that I really need to prove. I think I want to log in just to watch the slow tennis match between the two of you. This is fun. And just briefly, Lee, would you like to tell everyone what Assault Android Cactus is all about? Yes, so Assault Android Cactus is a twin-stick shooter. uh, Plays a little bit like classic game like uh, uh, Robotron or Smash TV, where you are one of several androids. Well, actually, they're ginoids because they're all... It's an all-female cast, but apparently not as good a word. So you're a... Ginoids are like a... Girl is robot. It, is it rude to say ginoids? No. Okay. No, but you make it rude. It's just yeah. the way you say you it. You shouldn't right? say it. Yeah. Okay. But, Jesus, but it's dude. fine when we mm. do. All right. Sorry. So yeah. it's a it's a fast paced, almost bullet hell kind of shooter where there's a lot of stuff visually going mm. on, and you need to move quickly and juggle your main and secondary weapons quickly, and it's all. What is it about the animation that makes it really satisfying? I think a part of it is 
whenever you kill one of the robots that you're fighting, the stupid toaster dogs or the big spider robots, <laughs> yeah. there's this moment of screen shake uh, and a little detonation goes off around them. It's just enough. It's like somebody just turned up like the, the speakers and everything around you wobbed for a second. Yeah, yeah. And it's very chunky and it makes every kill feel really good. Yeah, it's a very satisfying game. There's a lot of really really good feedback to every action and it just mm. feels good to move around and play with um, it is it's very Moorish gameplay uh, and yet it's also just astoundingly beautiful mm. I've shown people trailers for the game and their like, immediate reaction is to actually go wow like out loud people who are incapable otherwise of showing emotion are astounded by the level of like fun and color going on in this thing. Yeah, it's like every level is a dance floor um, full of robots with guns, and they all change. Mm. They're constantly shifting, and walls will appear and disappear, and things will fall away and switch around in a way that is just always visually interesting. Yeah, some levels have enough interesting ideas going on individually that you could build entire games around and yet every level has a new, weird, fun, cool mechanic. It is just an absurd level of detail. It is a wonderful, wonderful detailed thing uh, to, to mm. get to grips with. And it's also, like, it is it's really hard. Yeah, it does get very hard. I don't know if I will ever defeat the final boss. <laughs> So Assault Android Cactus is available now on Steam for your mm -hmm. PC. PS4, we On the way. On the way. Yeah, they're all on the way. So check in with that if you don't have a computer. And um, Ninja Pizza Girl. Ninja Pizza Girl is on PC as well. Yes, and we'll also have a PS4 and I think other console release uh, where they're saying early next year. Cool, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of Zed Games. Everybody, thanks so much for your company tonight. Next week, we'll be talking about Life is Strange. Final episode just came out. Tales from the Borderlands. Final episode just came out as well. So finally be able to talk about those games again. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.